Welcome to Headshots by Peggy Presents. It's a weekly podcast designed to encourage, inspire, and educate people in the industry. Our wonderful host, Peggy, is the most industry-savvy headshot photographer I know. She shares insights and interviews top industry professionals. You gotta love that. New episodes every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific time. Welcome to Headshots by Peggy Presents. I'm Peggy and I am here with my new friend from At- Atlanta, Atlanta, Georgia. That's right, represent Alicia Godsmash. And she is an author, she's a filmmaker, she's a producer. I don't know, is there anything that you don't do? Um. Well, I don't do windows. <laughs> at all. I kind of do a lot of stuff, you know, I do a lot of stuff and I love it because it just always keeps me really busy and happy and all that. I think a lot of filmmakers are, are, um, are involved in a lot of things and a lot of people in the industry. And I think it's a good thing. I'm always telling people that you should, whether you're good at it or whether you like it, you should at least try and understand because the more you understand about somebody else's job because when you're making a film, when you're making a putting a production together, there's so many things that have to fit together perfectly. And a lot of times people are asking you to do things and you're like, that doesn't make sense. Why do they want me to do that? And you're kind of pushing back on them, making their job harder. But if you understand their job, you're like, oh, I see why you need me to do that. So it makes you better at your job, which makes them able to do their job and so on and so on. So I'm always a big promoter about ask questions, try it, you know, lend a helping hand, realize, you know, how hard different things are, you know, for people. Well, that's the only way you're going to be empathetic. And actually, if you're a leader, those are one of the qualities that people gravitate to. Like for me, I'm looking into getting into some more um, acting classes just because I feel like in order to be in this, um, you know, I see talent all the time. I see what they go through and everything else, but to put myself really in that vulnerable position that they put themselves in every day on set. I mean, that's something that I think I need to personally experience just so that I can relate a little bit more to what they're going through. And I feel that that will also help me to be, um, a better leader on my projects just because, but I, I have, thankfully I I've been empathetic with them. I, I've, I, I've always been empathetic with the talent that I work with because just the mere fact that they're there 14 hours, some of them, I mean, depending on how long our day is, I remember one time um, I was just, I had just started in the industry full time and the Bessie Smith story with Queen Latifah was, was filming and I said, well, let me just go and be a part of this movie because I, I really like Queen Latifah and actually I'm from New Jersey. So I met her like years ago. So I'm like, it'd be cool to kind of see her again and everything else. So I remember going on set and we were in Conyers, Georgia and it was like three o'clock in the morning and Queen Latifah was like, I just want to say thank you guys so much. We had just finished the tent revival scene my feet were hurting. I was tired. I'm like, what the heck? And Queen Latif was like, thanks so much, everybody. She was all full of energy and all full of, so I think that, um, I'm able to have that empathy because I I have been like an extra on quite a few projects before, especially when I was like getting into the industry full time. I know what it's like to walk around for 14 hours in high heels and a ballroom dress when you're hot as I don't know what, And you're not allowed to take your heels off because you're, you know, because we have to keep shooting and your feet are swollen. Like, I know what that's like. I also know what it's like to get the extra food, you know, for that, for the background talent. And it really sucks. So like, for me, I'm like, you know what, for my projects, I want to do things a little bit differently. You know, of course, still, especially because of COVID now we have to, you know, think responsibly, have the, you know, the, the social distancing and have the separation there. But if possible, you know, give people like good food, whether they're background, because you can't make a movie without, I mean, they're learning to make a movie with, with less background, you know, but still, you're, you're still going to have to have at least a couple of folks as your background, even if you like replicate them and put them in different positions or whatever, you're still going to have to have those people. So take care of those people because you never know, 
you know, and, um, and understand that, you know, it's not a walk in the park for them. You know, they don't have their own trailers to go to. They have like some little corner to go to or some big room and, you know, so just to be like empathetic and to lead with that, lead to love, lead with love and kindness and everything, no matter who is doing what. I think that that's really important because it does take a village in any production, no matter how big or small, when you add in, especially post-production team and stuff like that, you've got a huge amount of people that you're working with. So the more, you know, all of them are talented people that will eventually be moving on to big and better things. So the more empathy and love and kindness you can show to people, the more it gets returned to you and sometimes in very unexpected ways, you know, because those people might be the, the very people that you may talk to and you may, you know, really want an opportunity from them. So it's just really important to kind of, like you said, like really understand where people are coming from, feel their, you know, maybe their frustration, feel the fact that, you know, things are challenging and, and work with them and be empathetic and listen to them. And, and I think that that gets repaid in, in huge ways. And you don't know if the extra in this film that you're on is actually a director just trying to do some understanding and all yeah. of a sudden this big shot director you're snobbing because you you have one whole line in this show yeah. and you're like i'm not an extra <laughs> so much better than you and all of a sudden you know you make a fool of yourself because he's like somebody really important or they're you know uh really and and so I always, I always, I just always assume everyone is important and yeah. no matter what, um, I feel like we had this conversation when we, when Merrick and I were in Atlanta, because yeah. there's no housekeeping in Atlanta when you're staying at a hotel yeah. <laughs> and it's probably like that everywhere. It's just that Atlanta happens to be the only place we've stayed in a hotel in the recent since yeah. COVID. So I'm sure it's, it's that way everywhere. Um, and somebody made the remark like, well, you know, they need to stop unemployment because workers aren't coming back. And I was like, wait a minute, these people work their butt off for pennies. Maybe we should consider how important they are to us and maybe we should take better care of them. So maybe we should give them a living wage and background. You know, you can snub your nose all you want, but background is important to the story. The story Huge. is going to look weird if there's no background. Huge. It's what brings the flavor, what it brings yeah. the, 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 the feel to the yeah. show. So you never snob any, you know, whether yeah. it's the grip, whether it's the sound guy, yeah. they all have a huge, huge, you don't want to piss off the sound guy. Like, no, sound is very important. <laughs> You know, sound is huge, you know, and uh, you just don't want to do that because if you don't have great sound, your project is screwed, you know, yeah. and, um, you know, it's funny. I, I did have an experience where I did meet someone that had horrible regret because they did just what you said. Like they came on and they're like, oh, you know what? You know, I got this part. I got this speaking, whatever. And they were just kind of rude. And then lo and behold, this was a producer that they were talking to. And not just them, but their whole little crew of little speaking, you know, of, of, of speaking background, they got cut out of the project. It's just like, okay, well, we don't really need. And then they took somebody else that was just, you know, that had come there that was really kind and whatever. And they used them and they ended up getting a speaking role and whatever. I mean, you got to be hungry for it. Understand too, like, whatever you do, if you love it and you're passionate about it, it's a privilege. So you gotta, you know, have gratitude, lots of gratitude as well. And for me, like every time that I'm on a project, I'm just so grateful that I'm doing something that I love, you know, I'm so grateful that I'm around people with like energy, you know, people that I can relate to people that are, are just amazing to me. And I, I gotta tell you this one story. So I have this friend of mine, his name is Justin and he lives in California and he's a producer and he's done some really amazing things. And, um, one of my relatives was very ill and it was Justin that was able to recommend an amazing doctor for my brother. And that doctor, you know, and, and the help of God saved his life. So you just never know, you know, when you, who you're going to meet and how, you know, the universe kind of you know, puts things in alignment. So that person may help you in ways you would have had no idea. But I could tell you sitting here 
if it was not for him in that relationship, who knows what would have happened. So um, thing is, is that you just have to have a big heart, an open heart, just love everybody, be, be gracious, show a lot of gratitude, and you would be amazed how many opportunities open up. You know, that person that was able to get that speaking role, goodness knows what, you know, new and, and uh, amazing opportunities and more lucrative opportunities that person has just because they were open, they were kind, they were sweet, they were just doing their, taking their and following their directions the way they should. And, uh, and just doing it with a smile. People feel that. People want to be around that. Never underestimating just being kind. Like yeah. the places and the doors that that'll open, just be human. Just yeah. be a kind human. Yeah. Um, don't think that you're better than anyone else. Don't, don't, don't push people around. Just the act of being a kind human will open so many doors. Yeah. Um, you know, you're on set and people are like, oh, look, this person pitched in, this person did all, you know, this person was not in the way, did not cause me trouble in any way. That's noted. That's, that's always memorable. So. Well, you know, it's funny, like all my projects and stuff like that, I could be sitting behind in like video village, but then you'll also see me like, I'll take the trash out. If I, if I see that there's, you know, uh, a lot of trash, you know, and, and it needs to go out, you know, cause I'm also a location manager too. So I'm used to all that stuff, like making sure everything is cool and making sure, you know, I mean, it's not all about picking up trash and stuff like that, but Hey, imagine if it didn't happen. Imagine if somebody was, it wasn't assigned to make sure that that location was, was in order um, or searching for environments for people to shoot. I mean, it's a very, very, it's a hugely important role. So for me coming from that kind of background as well, if I see that the, the trash is getting, you know, full, I will pick up that garbage bag. And people are like, hey, what the heck are you doing? I'm like, hey, you know what? It's garbage. I'm taking the garbage out. When I'm at home and I see like the trash is piling up, what do you do? But take the garbage bag out, you know, and, and, and put it in the trash can and then call it a day. Like, it's not even that big a deal. It's not that serious. So, yeah, I just, uh, yeah. it doesn't matter. You, that, and that's part of pitching in and being a team player. You just do whatever needs to be done. It doesn't matter. Like, okay, I, everybody goes in and they have their roles and whatever, you know, as far as what's on your deal memo is concerned or whatever, but that's just, that's just, those are just words. At the end of the day, we're all teammates, you know, we're, we're all part of the team and, and we got to make sure that, you know, we win the championship, which is to make a, a really great um, production. And it's funny because my executive producer of um, this project that is, just coming out it's going to be on netflix on, on august 27th called title town high um really great show lots of heart we did so much stuff you know like we were all running around doing everything i mean my buddy chris who was um he was my camera op on my team and he was like not just shooting a camera he was like running all over the place and doing that doing that and and and, and and looking for this and really helping me. And I was helping him. And it was just like such a great dynamic. And we're still in contact. We're still contacting, not just him, but you know, that whole entire area has just a, a place in my heart. Now I was going out of Miami recently and I stopped down in Valdosta with my cousin. And it was just like the memories there, you know, and it was because we had such a great team of people that we were working with and such a great talent that we were working with that it will always like, it really like change your way, it changes your way of thinking. And it just like, really, I don't know, just leaves such a lasting and lifelong impression on you. Some of these projects, Mo actually all of the projects that I've worked on have left an impression on me in one way or the other. And most of them were hugely positive and all of them I've learned so many different things. So it's just really great. It's really a privilege to have that. I mean, I think that if you can, go to work and be happy. Oh my God. You can't take that for granted. <laughs> Never take it for granted. I feel like I personally know so many people that get in the car, you know, maybe not drink COVID, but get in the car, go to an office that they don't like and sit there for eight, nine hours doing things that does not fulfill them, does not make them feel complete just for a paycheck. And then I look at my it. life and I'm like, 
do you really think you have a right to complain about anything, Peggy? Yeah, you don't have a right to complain, Peggy, because you could do these miracle selfies. I don't know how you do this. I mean, that's really like, it's a little disconcerting, actually. I'm like, I don't know how the hell she just took a selfie like that without even looking at the camera or the angle, like from the camera side, like from the screen side, she like turned it around and like, I don't know how you do that. So, yeah. So for the people watching right now, I'm going to have to explain that because they're going, what the heck is she talking about? And sadly, this is what I'm known for. Like I have had like A-list celebrities go, hey, that's that lady that, take that took that selfie. That's the best selfie I ever had. And I'm like, I also, I also do headshots like in my studio with the real camera. Just, just saying, but thanks. Yeah. So I don't like the front facing camera, especially the old, in the old days, they were just terrible. They're not as bad now, but I'm just used to it. And, you know, taking a picture, just knowing where your lens, because, you know, I've for years did events and everything, and I'd have to take pictures, you know, without looking before mm -hmm. digital, when you could you know, <laughs> look through the monitor. And so you just get a sense for where the, the camera lens is shooting and so when I take a selfie, I am just looking at the back of my phone and I take it and I nail it 95% of the time for a shot. Uh, but 100% of the time when we were together. So. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you, you pulled you in a group of like, you pulled in a group of like 10 people and you're like, take yes. a selfie, Peggy. And I'm like, there is no way this is going to work. So yes. I actually was like, I couldn't <laughs> believe that would work. Everybody was shocked. I'm like, wait, she can do it. Bring in like a hundred people. And yeah, watch. bring in a hundred people. Let her take a <laughs> selfie with the length of her arm and yeah. put these people. Oh my God. That was so funny. So you'll have to go to my Instagram and find that selfie. It's, it's actually That's there. That's so funny. amazing. That was and really I do fun put, and, go ahead. And I did put miracle selfie in the comments for that photo of any so hashtag miracle selfie. Hashtag no, miracle selfie. But we were, we were tell, tell, tell everybody where we were at. Um, we mm. were at a really fun Wednesday wine and cheese mingle thing yes. at a studio, a new studio it was in great. Atlanta. We were at Storytell Films uh, studio and um, it is owned by John Ford and he is um I know I'm like butchering the, the pronunciation of his last name, but it's B-O-I-R-D. And um, he's like a Grammy winner, um, really super talented, multi-talented guy. And he's opening a fantastic studio. And, you know, he and my buddy, Melissa Hill, they host a nice little get together every Wednesday. Why not Wednesday? And um, they invited me, you know, one day it was kind of crazy because I was speaking with Melissa because Melissa's like, you know, knows everything about Fayette County and where to film and all that. So I was calling her and asking her about this, this project that I was doing. And I was like, hey, Melissa, what's going on? I really need to know like where to go film this. And she was telling me, she's like, wait a minute, what are you doing today? And normally I'm doing a million different things. Um, and but hap I happen to be available um, on a Wednesday. She's like, come on down. So I went down and um I, um, I had wine on that Wednesday and it was like such a refreshing retreat, you know, for me. And it's really the only time I have wine during the week. So I just look forward to it, except for last night, last night I had whiskey, which I have not ever had. And it was so good, like this whiskey lemonade, but anyway, I digress. Um, so I went there, I had wine and I was just hooked because it's such a great little group of you know, industry professionals. And we just go and we talk about stuff and we enjoy ourselves and everything else. And, um, and it's just great. We exchange ideas. And I think that that's really, you know, um, such great energy that you can really be completely inspired. You can get, you get energized, get energized every Wednesday. And, you know, for me after that, I came home and I really just, um, kept working on my book and I was so excited. Um, and, um, from there, I just, I got so much done and it kind of just pushes you forward. It's like, Hey, this is why I do this. You know what I mean? Like, cause I love these people and these people are a lot of fun and blah, 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 blah. So yeah, it was great. We work in an industry where it's about who, you know, 
but yeah. we don't focus on the importance of networking, which is kind of like shooting yourself in the head. It's like, yeah. why don't we focus on networking? We think, oh, well, you know, so-and-so just got in because they know so-and-so. Okay, why don't you know so-and-so? Yeah. Why haven't you gone out and met so-and-so? And so, I mean, networking is key. Just back to being a decent human. If you're somebody that people want to talk to and hang out with, and you know, they invite places, go. And I know a lot of actors that say, oh, well, I'm an introvert. I'm a, okay, that's fine. Join an introvert group. But you're working. Networking yeah. is work. And so when you're at work on set, you're not an introvert, you're acting. So you go put your acting pants on and yeah. you go do your networking because that's part of your job. That's, you know, you have to audition to, to work. You have to network. You have, these are, these are job requirements. These are things you need to do. You don't have to like it, but my bet is you'll end up liking it. I know I, I love it, but yeah. I, and I used to, if I'm not at an event because I'm shooting it or because I'm there, you know, for purpose of networking, like if somebody invited me to a party, I'm the person that sits in the corner quietly in the back. Like that's my natural place. Oh, that's, wow. I have to step out of my comfort zone and make myself talk and mingle. And then I realize, oh, you know, this isn't so bad. That's so right. cool. I got to meet so-and-so and, and look who else I met and look how this. So you have to really change your mindset on mm -hmm. why you do the things you do because this industry is about who you know you have to you have to get yourself out there you have to do that and and you're gonna have fun along the way I know you definitely will I know uh, I love meeting people and I mean look at this we have a friendship now why because I, I knew your brother and exactly. because you know I did his headshots and he's like Atlanta you should have gone amazing. with my sister yeah it's so funny and it's just like so hysterical because those are literally the best headshots I have ever seen um, him take, you know, like that it, you really captured like his soul. And I think that that's really hard to do. Um, and I was so impressed and I'm like, who the heck took these headshots? And he's like, Peggy, and she's going to be in Atlanta. And I'm like, really? It's like, yeah, she and her husband, I'm sorry, my phone just wants to fall on you. And I don't, I don't know why, but um, she's like, yeah. And her, she and her husband are coming to Atlanta. I'm like, oh, I got to meet her. You know, because he was so excited and because he's a very, typically very mellow person. So he doesn't get excited about people like that. So the fact that he was, I'm like, well, you know what? I got to meet this person. And yeah, like you said, it's just like, it's a friendship. But just to also add to your point, um, the thing is, is that for our industry as well, like we don't want to work with people that we don't like. And that's why another thing, another reason why networking is so important because if they don't know you enough to like you, you're not going to get that opportunity and you have to make opportunities. Like I can't tell you, especially when I first came into the industry, how many times I was like, Oh, you know, I'd rather be like sitting down or, or maybe just chilling or baking cookies. And no, you know, get your butt out there. You've worked a long, long week and on the weekend, you know what, you got to get out there and you got to meet people. And that's what I did, you know, and it's not cheap to do my phone is definitely trying to like fall down on you I don't know like I've propped it up like a million different ways I'm sorry but um anyway the thing is is that um you got to get out there it doesn't matter how hard you worked doesn't matter like what you were doing doesn't matter none of that matters what matters is the fact that you need to keep going and you need to keep making building friendships because when you get on your big project you don't want to have to think about hiring this person whose energy is like left field and you're right field and you can't meet in that happy medium in the in between you want somebody that you know that your energies mesh very well together and you know that it's somebody that you can exchange ideas and you can and they're going to give you good feedback and you're going to give them good feedback and that they're going to be looking out for your best interest and vice versa like those are the types of people that you know that you want to hire. I mean, you all you have to do is take a look at the story of like George Lucas and Steven Spielberg and all of them. I mean, they've been friends since forever, you know, since before, like when they first even had a thought of being filmmakers, they were all buddies. And, and 
as they got more and more successful, you would see George Lucas on a Steven Spielberg project and vice versa. They would help each other. And now they are like the most amazing and talented directors of like all time and producers. And it's just like, wow. I mean, that, but that's what it takes. You learn from each other. You, ex you experience that. You um, exchange ideas and everything. And that only comes from getting out there, like you said, getting out of your comfort zone, um, going that extra mile. Because just like Kevin Hart said, as far as actors are concerned, like a lot of people want to be famous, but nobody wants to put in the work. Kevin Hart had to put in the work to be famous. You know, you had to put in that work day in, day out. This is your passion. This is what you do. This is what you eat, sleep, breathe. You have to do it because it is a lot of work and it's constant work. And if you look at it as work, you're going to get tired. But if, if, if you look at it as something that you love, then it doesn't matter how many hours you put in. It's going to be played, you know? And even Tony yeah. Robbins, I remember going to a Tony Robbins seminar way back when, um, when, right after high school. And he said that, like, it has to, whatever you're doing, it has to be like play. And that always kind of stuck with me because it does because you're not going to you find something you're passionate about, find something that's going to put you in that peak state of mind, you know, where you can just kind of download these ideas, download this, this into like the, the, you know, download some creative, uh, you know, um, ideas that you could put out there into the universe. Like you have to be open and, and ready for that download. If you feel stifled in any way, how can you receive that information? You know, you just can't. So it's important to, to do something that you're passionate about. And when you're doing it and when you're putting in that effort, it will come back to you, you know, but you better be passionate about it. Otherwise with our industry, you'll, you know, give it a good year. You, you'll be ready to scream and run out of there. I know many actors that, you know, you're talking to them and then you find out, oh, they're actually living in their car or, wow. and they're thankful that they have a car. <laughs> Wow. Or they're, they're, they're couch surfing, you know, they're, they're wow. just buddies for a couple, you know, and I, you know, filmmakers, all this. Why? Because they're going to do whatever it takes to make this work and they're out there doing it and they're out there doing it. And then all of a sudden you see them, Hey, look at you. You just got an apartment. Like, like yeah. that's huge. If you think about like coming, being determined, doing what you love and just staying in there and making it work because yeah. a lot of people don't, a lot of people say, oh, I want to be famous. And I, I get this because, you know, when I do your headshots, I have this questionnaire. I make you go through this whole, you have to go to work. You have to do your homework before I will take your headshots because yeah. I think it's important that we um, get effective headshots and we're not going to yeah. do that if you're not willing to do your homework. But I have people that come in and they say, oh, I just want to be a movie star. Okay. That's nice. Yeah. But where are you right now? Oh, well, I'm not going to submit for anything other than big movies. It's like, well, then you're never going to be a movie star because you got to work on that student film for free. You got to yeah. work in that, you there know, you terrible web, that non-union yes. commercial that treated you like crap. Yes. Yeah. You got to do this and you got to know all those things. Those all, yeah. they kind of have to happen. That's, that's part of you know, that's part of, of growing, coming to age. It's part of the experiences. And it's not a bad thing. It's, no. it, it makes you rich. It makes you full. Yeah. It makes you take all of those things and it brings more fullness to when you do make it because then you actually, like, you own it, every part of it. You, you yeah. have experiences. You mm -hmm. have feelings and emotions that you can pull on. You, you can appreciate different things. And yeah. so never, ever, ever underestimate experience and never, never look down on the, I'm not there yet times, because that's where, that's where the, that's the platform to bounce off learning. of. Yeah. <laughs> you don't that's stay the there learning. for a while until you're strong enough to jump high, you know? Yeah. It's okay. It's all right. Yeah, absolutely. Like that's totally like the learning part of it. Like I wouldn't trade any of the days. I remember trudging around in the mud you know, um, way during the night until the sun came up. Um, and you know what, that's part, that's, that was part of the process. And I don't regret that. I mean, it was pouring rain, you know, um, and everything else. And I was trudging around. And then I remember one day I was shooting a, um, a project for lifetime and we were busy busting it, not just me, 
you know, but the whole entire crew, we were exhausted. We were so tired and we worked straight through the night. But the actual end result of that project was absolutely incredible. It was amazing. And yet, and it's like one of my favorite projects, even though I literally, I had, I was going home and I was so tired that I had the music on and it was so loud because I was trying to stay awake. And I eventually had to pull over and go to a hotel and stay there right in my town because I couldn't even get from my, like the hotel and my, my house was probably like four miles from there. I couldn't drive another mile. So I'm like, I need to get off the road because I don't want to endanger anybody. So I, I got off the road and I went and I went, went into the hotel and thank God it was a nice one. And I made it there and I, and I crashed. I didn't even remember. All I remember is getting the key and going upstairs. And then from there, I just totally crashed. But you know what? That's part of the experience. Like that's part, that's where the empathy comes in. You know, that's where the gratitude comes in is, is going through that. And I was grateful that I even had the opportunity to do that. You know, might've been tired, might've been exhausted. Might've been like, oh my God. Like in the beginning, I was just like, wait a minute, you know, because pre-production we were doing like, okay, we, the hours were steadily getting longer and longer and longer. The next thing I know, I'm like, dang. And the hours just kept getting longer and longer. I'm like, oh my God. And, and, but again, I was so thankful for the opportunity that I was given um, to work with, with so many people and so many wonderful producers and, and um, um, Swirl Films. I worked for Swirl, Swirl Films in Atlanta for a while. And that was really like a boot camp for me. I mean, they really just, they allow you to, really experience what it's like to be on a film set because this is what you're asking for right this is what you want so they let you experience it and you're able to work with them and together you put out some really amazing content and um and at the end of the day it's just like you've worked for it but you feel so rewarded you're like oh my god like this is what we worked for and here it is and then you know it never gets old to me like watching one of my projects and then like there's my name going up on the credits. I'm like, oh my God, you know, and sometimes it's crazy because, you know, you remember those times, like each and every frame, you know, like where you were, what was going on that day and all this other stuff. And you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this. You know, and, and you're so happy and, and your heart just, you know, swells with, with gratitude just because, you know, you're doing what you love, you know? So it's all part of the process, you know, no matter where you are in your journey, the, the main thing is, is that you're on it. You just have to stay on that golden pathway and look straight ahead and do what you need to do until you, you know, get where you're going. And if you have faith and you believe and you're focused and that's what you'll get to the end goal, but you better, again, be sure it's what you really want to do. And, and if not, there's nothing wrong with that. There's, it's never too late to reposition yourself and to find something that you're passionate about. Never too late. And, and I've talked to um, filmmakers, um, producers, um, directors, and they were like, you know, I, I thought I wanted to be an actor. Like I, I was my whole life, I'm going to be an actor, I'm going to be an actor. And they started, you know, in the acting process and they're like, yeah, this, this isn't fun, but what are you doing here? And, you know, and they're drawn to a different aspect of that. Yeah. And, and that's their, that's their like, you know, their, their gold it's their their thing that they that just inspires them and makes them feel fulfilled and so you know that's you never know why you why you like something like you may really have a desire a strong desire to learn something just because you have to be there to see this you know yeah. what I mean yeah if you never you'll never see this unless you get there yeah and so and but sometimes we're like no I said I was going to do this so I'm going to keep doing this and you yeah. know you just like and yeah. it's like no you just needed to be positioned differently and now you that's can right. see where you could go and it's okay you don't have to yeah. like that's not a failure that's just you learning you know that's taking the, the next step that's a process yeah. it's a journey yeah. absolutely so. it yeah, it's all part of the process. And at the end of the day, like, like for me, I started in corporate America and the skills that I learned in corporate America has, have helped me so much, like just to be able to go and to know what's going on, to know how to balance a budget, to know how to, 
you know, get things together to, to have leadership skills and all that other thing, all the other things that I need, all of those elements that all have to fit together well in order to, you know, do what I need to do. I mean, I don't regret being in corporate America. I'm glad because I feel that by me having that business background, it contributes to what I do greatly. I mean, I, I, I have a, yeah, I work hard. I have a great work ethic and I'm thankful for that. And it's like, I learned that, you know, because in corporate America, I was working crazy hours too, you know? So, um, so you just bring that in and, and it's great because you don't come in and you don't, you don't, you, and take everything for granted. You come in, you're like, okay, because I worked in corporate America and I realized that that wasn't what I want to do now, because this is something I'm passionate about, I'm going to give it 3,550% because I love this, you know, and I want to be in this. You know, so for me to be in this, I have to give my absolute all to it, you know, and because I don't want to go back to that. You know what I mean? Like, that's not where my love was. My love was here, you know, so you just appreciate things more. So it's OK, you know, and, and like you said, I found that so many times um, over the course of my career, I have found myself in a place just to meet somebody you know, and okay, great. And then you, you finish the project and you move on, you do something else. But then that very person is somebody that you want to work with for this and that. And then you're connecting or they become a great friend and all this other stuff. I mean, it's like, I have this one friend, um, his name is Chris Butcher and he's a producer and he is also a first assistant director on a whole bunch of, uh, projects and, um, really great projects, really talented guy. He, uh, just came out with, um, his own film, um, which is, was really interesting. It was really a, a very good film, very, a lot of layers and stuff in it. And we had met on a, um, a project and it was, um, directed by my close friend, Melora Walters. And, um, she's actually absolutely amazing. So she was director on that and it was for a lifetime movie, um, that was called uh, man in the attic. And during the whole project Chris and I maybe talked twice or three times but years later I was talking to Melora I'm like Melora how you doing da, 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 da. and she's like why don't you talk to Chris because Chris is actually in here oh yeah Chris so I had his phone number on my phone because we had worked together so we all mm -hmm. you know the part of the crew list we get everybody's phone number and you kind of lock that in so we called I mean I tell you I am so happy and amazed that we connected that day. Like we have been in contact. Like I know what he's doing. He knows what I'm doing. He's a very talented, very kind person. And one of my closest friends in the industry. And it's like, again, and I'm also very, very close with Melora. So out of that project, I got two wonderful people out of that, that I will forever be friends with. And um, Chris and Melora. So, I mean, you never know. Uh, you never know. And besides that, the, the project came out amazing as well. So that was a, so, that was a bonus. <laughs> so I, I know you mentioned um, that you have a, a project that's releasing on Netflix coming up. Do yes. you have any other projects you'd like to share with us and uh, tell us what you're working on, either about to release or about to start or where, what's going on with you? <laughs> All right. Well, um, I actually, I have a book that's out since November called Retrograde the Darkness. And um, it, it is a science fiction uh, novel. And it's about this girl named Isis. And she comes from a very privileged family. But despite her privilege, she doesn't, you know, you know, sit back and, you know, think, okay, well, I don't have to help anybody. I'm privileged. I'm rich. I just got everything I, I ever wanted. No, she decides that what she's going to do is join this elite, you know, army to fight what's called the retrograde. And the retrograde comes about every 10 years when the copper moons align in her, on her planet of Demera. And, um, and what happens is, is that if you can imagine the Mercury and retrograde phenomenon with certain planets are in, on retrograde, how that affects us, you know, we shouldn't make any travel plans or big decisions and stuff like that. We'll magnify that about 300,000 times. And you pretty much get the retrograde that she has to face on her planet Demera. And um, basically what happens is, is that um, she joins the elite army despite her mother Rainia's uh, wishes. 
um, because her mother, because she didn't come from wealth, wants, you know, Isis to be this prim and proper princess. But she joins anyway, and she starts the training process, meets up with a, a very enigmatic soldier named Kalfani, who has a very mysterious past, and also another character by the name of Aurora, who's one of the oldest persons in the army, but she was the first female soldier in the brigade. And, and the three of them seem to have some kind of, you know, dynamic bond. Um, and it's almost like a supernatural kind of thing that they have together. And the closer the retrograde comes to striking their planet, the stronger this bond becomes, you know? So this book is an unfolding of that and deals with some very real issues. And, um, and I love it. And so basically what, what's happening now is I am writing the second part to that duology. Um, and um, I am actually on the last chapter of it which I'm so happy. And then I'll go through the editing process, of course, which takes a while, but um, I'm hoping to release that around December and that'll be Retrograde the Darkness book two. And uh, so that's something that I'm really super proud of. That was a labor of love for me. That was something that, that idea was definitely an inspired idea that came to me as I was, I have this friend named Tim and, um, and he's a producer over, used to be in LA, now he lives in Florida. And he was like obsessed with Steven Spielberg, obsessed with him. Of course, you know, I love Indiana Jones, Rage of the Lost Ark, all that kind of stuff. So I love Steven Spielberg too. But to the, to the degree that he loves Steven Spielberg, I said, well, let me go research this Steven Spielberg because, oh my God, you know, like I've never seen this kind of like, you know, fanaticism. So yeah, so I go and I, I start researching Steven Spielberg years before I, I wrote my book and Steven Spielberg was talking about the whispers in one of his talks. And I remember being riveted by his speech and he was talking about the fact that, you know, you have people, you know, anybody can have a, you know, good idea. He says, and a lot, some people can have a very good idea, but you know that you have a great idea like when you hear the whisper and you have to trim out all that psychic noise and be still inside to be able to, to hear that. It's very faint, but if you have your ears open, so to speak, you will hear that. And I was speaking with a friend of mine one day, a colleague, we were at the, um, this um, energy center in Duluth filming another movie for Hulu. And she's like a spiritual guru. She was talking, we were talking about the Mercury and retrograde phenomenon because Mercury was in retrograde. And that's when I, uh, and that's when I legit heard the whisper. It was something inside of me because I had been having pieces of the book kind of swimming around my mind for like a while, but it wasn't until I had this conversation with her that something inside of me said, this is it. This is your story, you know? And then when I got home from that night, forward. I dreamed that book out in sequence. So I would legit go to sleep, dream a whole, you know, scene of that book, wake up the next morning and write it. And if I needed a little bit more texture, I would think to myself, okay, I need to know how did that feel? Like, what was that like? Like, what were the outfits like? Like, what kind of material I would dream the same thing again that night in more vivid detail so that I can write that in. So, I mean, things like that just don't typically happen to people, you know? And so I knew that that was something that that story was a gift given to me from a higher power and that I had to treat it as such, you know, I didn't want to just, Oh, wow. I had this really cool, amazing dream all about this book story that I just, happened to put together while I was speaking to my girlfriend. Let me just sit on that. No, no, no. Like when you receive something like that and your heart is open to receive it, then to respect that and to show honor for that, you got to give it your all and get it out there. So that's what I proceeded to do. And this is a continuation from that. And it's funny because during that time period, I actually put together the whole entire story. I outlined the whole story already and so I did book one and now this is a conclusion to book one 
and um you know to the duology and um but i have i've had it outlined ever since you know my dream started way back when and i started writing them down i have the whole story so i'm excited to get book two out there into the world so i i think that of all the projects that i'm working on i'm but just because of the way that it came to me and also because i i have so much heart that i put into this i think retrograde the darkness is the is the project that I'm most proud of, most excited about, because I had not, again, just like we were talking about, I never, I wasn't thinking, oh, you know what? I'm going to be a writer. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to do, I'm going to write a sci-fi. I knew I was obsessed with sci-fi. Now, I didn't know that. But, like, I never thought I was going to write a science fiction novel. And again, that's why I'm so glad that I have my experiences because I did a lot of writing in college, a lot of creative writing in college. I used to gravitate towards those things. Um, I took um, a philosophy course in college. I took art courses in college and that all lended that all influenced like the book that I wrote, you know? So, I mean, again, it was something where it's sometimes, you know, the universe gives you, you know, gives you something and says, hey, I know that you like to do this or whatever, but I'm going to add this to your plate and you're going to handle it. And I'm, I'm going to be with you. You're going to be fine and just go do it. And you just got to do it. You just got to trust that that's part of your journey and do it. So I have a different philosophy about what you just said. So like you said, the universe knows you like this. So it gives you these things. I have this thing where, because I talk, when I'm doing the headshot strategies, I talk about what, what colors are your branding colors? What, what's your favorite color? And people think that they pick their favorite color, but I think that your favorite color picks you because every color gives off an emotion and a feeling and those that you resonate with. So I'm just saying that the sci-fi may have been your purpose or part of your journey. And so because of that, you started enjoying sci-fi. Yeah. Opposite (laughs) way. That's just my little, that's just my little take on that. Like Like, that. Because I think a lot of times we think we pick things and it's like, no, I think they picked us. Yeah. And because, you know, that resonates with us, that's just confirmation that we're in the right spot. Wow. Yeah. That's an interesting viewpoint. I do like and love that. Yeah. I love that. I think that that's really cool too. It's just something that I will definitely be thinking about because yeah, I mean, it's just like people say that with cats too. Like, right. Like my cat. All right. And I I know that that's kind of a strange thing to throw in there, but it's a true story because, all right. So this is how I, I, I don't know if I told you how I probably did, how I got my cat, you know, my cat Hannes. Um, he's an orange tabby. So I was walking around the, t- the, um, tanker outlets and, you know, I wanted to get some sunglasses. So I'm like, okay, let me just go in here. La, la, la. So I'm going my merry way or whatever, but I had been speaking with my girlfriend and she like my girlfriend, she was just like, oh, you know what? And all of these amazing, beautiful animals just walked up to her door and she's got like this whole, like, I don't know how many animals were not, a, not a, well, like maybe like three cats and two dogs or something like that, but she found them all. And they all like, didn't actually, she, I'm sorry. She didn't find them all. They all came they, up to her they house. They came up to her house. Like literally she like opened the door and there's a beautiful calico cat that anybody would like die for. And it just like was there. It's like, Hey, I, I'm home now, you know? And, and she just took it and like, all of her animals came to her that like that. And so I'm thinking to myself, gee, I want a cat or a, a dog or an animal with the story. So I'm in the fast forward years later. So I'm at the Tanger outlets walking around or whatever. And all of a sudden, you know, cause there's no grass at the Tanger outlet. There's just like a little bit of like the tiniest bit of grass, not a big old lawn or a field, but the tiniest bit of grass. And I heard this little noise and I'm like what the heck it wasn't a meow you know it was just like like a little calling and like a little it almost sounded like I'm not going to imitate the noise because it's it'd be silly but you know it's like a little call so I was like what is that you know and I'm looking around like what the heck is that and I I'm like all right well I'm just gonna ignore that you know whatever 
and I go, and, it, and it's quiet. I didn't hear it anymore. And I go and I get my sunglasses, you know, and everybody's just walking, walking by. And then I walk out and I have my sunglasses in my hand. I'm just like, what? I hear the noise again. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Like, I know something's going on here. Like, there is definitely an animal here. I thought it was a bird. And I'm like, I don't know, a bird fell from a tree or whatever. And I'm like looking. And then all of a sudden, this lady comes out of the store next door. And she's like, oh, there's a kitten. And I'm looking around. I'm like, woman, there's no kitten. There's nothing but concrete here. And out of this like one inch of grass, she plucks out this orange kitten. Four weeks old, right? And I'm like, oh my God. Like, first of all, how'd you know that? Second of all, like, where'd you come from? And, you know, I'm like, oh. And um, she's like, yeah, she goes, his brother was killed yesterday, got ran over and stuff. And I don't know where the mom is. And I looked at him, he's got these beautiful green eyes and he's, he's orange and he's so cute. And I was, he was full of fleas and I'm like, eh, you know, so um, somebody brought out a box and I put him in there and I took him down to his veterinarian. Well, his veterinarian now, like this great veterinarian. And um, they tested him for cat aids. He didn't have that, but he had had dirt in his belly because he was eating dirt actually to stay alive, poor guy. And um, he became mine, you know? And it was just, that's been three years later. He's, he qualifies as one of the most spoiled cats in the universe right now. Like Aww. he's so spoiled. But um, I like, it's like he chose me because everybody else was walking around. He wasn't calling out to them. He wasn't, he did not care to call to them. But when I came around, he called out to me and that's how I have it. And he's my buddy. Like, it doesn't matter where I go or where I end up. Like that cat will be with me. So I'm trying now actually to teach him how to travel and he doesn't like it. But um, like when I go on my next project, I want to pop him in the bag and take him. But it was just amazing. And it's like, just like you said, like sometimes like I believe like he chose me like, hey, that's my mom right there. You know what I mean? And 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 that and it kind of came to be. And he's like so adorable. And I think like like you said, maybe with a lot of other things, it's like who knows, maybe maybe you are maybe something does choose you or things are chosen and, and that's part of your path and that's where you need to go. And maybe that's why you are drawn from it. But I know like when it came to this book, like I just knew, like, it was so obvious. I was like, girl, you don't just dream up a whole movie, you know? And that's another thing, like the fact that I've always envisioned this as also being a movie. And it looks like that's really coming to fruition now as well. So I'm, super excited and it's so it's just I, I've been blessed beyond measure with it and I'm just like really excited and and I feel like yeah this is definitely you know if you're open and you got your mind open and your heart open and you're ready to you know take a chance and stuff then God that's, only knows what to do that's awesome <laughs> I'm gonna put the link in in the description so people can click on the link and buy your book and Thank start you. reading it so they'll, they'll be ready for book number two, the end of this year yeah. when it comes out. So that's exciting. Thank you. So exciting. I, can't, I haven't read it yet. So I will be one of those clicking on the link and getting oh, the book. <laughs> I know that, uh, I know that Mary, can you still have like, uh, you know, a, a, a date set up to talk aliens? Like that's yes. still going to happen. You but know, it's we important. have to block off like a day for you two to like go. <laughs> <laughs> it can't happen in like a 45 minute dinner. Like we have to like yeah. block it off. Well, you guys have to come over and that way, if, if I get you guys over here for a couple of days, then yeah. at least I can like, and I'll hook up with, we'll hook up with Melissa too. So maybe you and Melissa could be talking about yeah. something else <laughs> while Merrick and I talk about aliens, you know? <laughs> exactly. That's so funny. Yeah. Cool. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I think it was really encouraging just to really talk about not being afraid to, to be yourself, be helpful, get involved, network, and just, just, just do like, yeah. and be grateful because yeah. the fact that if you're in the industry, that you're in the industry and that's yeah. what you want, like that's yeah. huge. Huge. Yeah. It's huge. huge. You know, it's funny because Anthony Sylvester, um, he was one of our, he was 
our executive producer for Put a Rig on It for Own Network season um, season two. And um, he said, he gave us a, a speech. He's really good at giving these, these speeches sometimes. And, you know, and yeah, if you ever work for Anthony, you're going to work hard, but you're going to learn a lot too. And so he put us around in a group and he was just like, you know what, guys, listen, you made it. And it was crazy because that was the first time anybody had said into words like you made it like you're a producer girl like it was just like oh my god you know here I am like sitting there I'm like god you know we got this long meeting and I'm very grateful I'm grateful to be here I am but oh man this meeting's gonna be a doozy and then I'm thinking and then when he said that I'm like oh my god like I I made it you know like (laughs) that was so funny and I'll always remember that. And, uh, and it was just, it was such a funny thing. Cause yeah, like I said, it was the first time somebody actually said like, look, you know, you're a woman. It, for the longest time, it was hard for a woman to get in the industry and do anything, you know? But the fact that I'm a woman of color is incredible. You know, it's oh, incredible. Sorry. I'm literally like opening doors for other people in the industry. And that is such a privilege. And I never, ever want to lose sight of that. And I just want to like give back and encourage and everything else. And because it's such, it's such a wonderful thing. I mean, and your husband, literally, like everyone has seen your husband probably on the planet, but at least in the United States, like, they have seen Merrick, like we were just talking, um, our group and on Wednesday and they're like, since I met Merrick, like I saw him on like 44 things. <laughs> like, Merrick is literally everywhere. But the great thing about Merrick is that he is opening up so many doors for, for so many other people to follow him because he's everywhere. He's everywhere, everywhere. Everywhere you look, there's Mary. You know what I mean? And just implanting that seed, you know, like the next guy that looks like Mary, they're going to be like, shoot, I don't know why I like this guy so much, but I got to have him for this, you know, because he's just like one of those people that he's now a familiar face. And that is huge. That's huge. And that is some psychology with the industry. And a lot of actors don't want to do commercial work. Mm-hmm. They, uh, they think it's beneath them. They want this big emotional speaking thing. But when you do commercials, it's like you're being seen over and over and over and over. And it's, 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 a, it's a, if you like study psychology, it is a fact. It is a law. The more you're seen, the more attractive you become. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like, just the fact that he's open to doing these commercials and, you know, and commercials pay the bills, let's be honest. Yes. I mean, commercials have <laughs> and big money. They're huge money. Not like they used to be, but they still are, you know, it's still very good, very good, you know, money. So, but that on top of the fact that the casting director subconsciously goes, oh, look at that. That That's a that's a face I can see on TV. Why? Because I've seen that face yeah, on TV. literally. <laughs> Every and day, so that is some... Like that is one of the reasons why Merrick loves doing commercials is because he understands the psychology of getting seen. And it's funny, we were we were at um, we were at a hotel once. We got on this elevator, and this guy gets on the elevator, and he keeps looking at Merrick. I think at that time Merrick had like a McDonald's commercial running. He had two different commercials running, national commercials running at the same time. But he gets on the, and he's like. I know you and Merrick's, you know, just trying to, and he goes, did we work together? Were you, did you work at so-and-so company and Merrick's, and we know why he knows him, but you know, it's kind of weird to say, nah, you just (laughs) saved from TV. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) But that's that, that or similar things have happened so many times where it's that familiarity or they're like, I know you. And it's always like, did we work together? Like, I feel like, I feel comfortable with you. Like, yeah. I feel like, like I can trust you. Like, right. and that is literally the definition of commercial is 
Yeah. You're supposed to go into their home and make them feel like they trust you. That's <laughs> so it. that was that's the but it's it's funny. It's funny that you say that because my mom emailed me the other day and said, I saw Mary gone and she said the name of it. Did does he like that? Does he did he try that product? Does he like it? Should I buy it? And I was like, you know, this is his job, right? Like we don't go. <laughs> it was funny. That is funny. But people do ask. Because they yeah. figure you're going to get it for free after the commercial and that you have they to have tried that. it. Yeah. And it's so funny because, and typically you should, because that also happens a lot. Like I, right. it, it does, like people expect you to know and to have, to use that product regularly, you know? And it's just like, okay. When he did the Apple, the big Apple reveal, you know, for Apple's big reveal a few months ago, I was like, yeah. now that would have been a nice product just to get the, uh, yeah. oh, why don't you take, <laughs> you can take this one home, buddy. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. It would be nice, right? Like, let me just take home this $2,400 laptop. No. Not how yeah. it works. No. Uh-uh. No, unfortunately, that's, uh, yeah. But I that's it. funny. Yeah, yeah but it's funny. true. It's true. The rec the, the, uh, the familiarity and the recognizableness. I mean, that those all help promote your film and television career as well, yeah. because the casting, it's a subconscious thing. They, they look at you and they're like, oh yeah, I can see him on TV. Yeah. That's yeah. Look, call him in. Yeah. And so it's a, it's, it's a good thing, but it, you know, always be grateful because work is work and it's work. always, you get to learn, you get to, you don't yeah. know who you're going to meet, especially on student films. You don't know the next big shot. <laughs> that yeah. just graduated that you know that may yeah. just adore you and be so thankful that you helped them out on their student film and call you in when they've got you know a trillion dollar budget yeah. you know you don't know yeah and it's like work, work for me it's like and again like if you love what you're doing work is more play you know work's play exactly. too you know exactly. so for me like I, I I when I go to work I, I when I go you know, do my thing and do my projects. It's, it's my playtime. It's my fun time. It's my happy place, you know, where I can forget about everything because let's face it, like, you know, we're doing, unless it's a, uh, you know, docu-series where we're, you know, really following people's lives, it's all make-believe and it's right. fun. You know what I mean? Like I just, I, I did um, the pilot for Queens with Brandy and Eve and all them and stuff like that. And it was just like, it's it, you get like wrapped up in your own little world and you're just like, okay, well, what's happening next? Um, now we're going to have this scene and that scene and stuff like that. And it's just like, it's not your reality, you know, like it's like, it, and it's great because you could just be in your own little world. So it, it's, it's, you know, of course you got to get out of that world sometimes, but it's nice to be able to have a place to go play, you know, and it, and that's why I love sci-fi so much. Cause I could really stay in that world for a very, very long time. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> So well, I'm definitely putting your link to your book. Um, you. Where can where can these where can my followers find you on social media? What's your favorite place to to hang out with people on social media? It's definitely Instagram. I'm an Instagram girl. I'm sorry, folks that like TikTok. I'm just not there yet, and I probably won't be because I I just can't. But uh, you could follow me at Alicia Godmash on Instagram, um, and yeah, I have all kinds of fun stuff that I put on there and I'll also be updating now um my progress as far as getting this book out to you all and stuff and and what's going on so it's a fun place to kind of just hang and uh and be and I just found out that you're also on clubhouse I am on clubhouse yes. I will be hunting you down on clubhouse oh, and we'll have, to, we'll have okay. to do a room and just talk too well yes we'll I would fun. love that I would love yes. that I'm not on I'm not on clubhouse as often but I do go on Clubhouse. Now you'll give me impetus to be on there more. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, yeah. I'll be like, get over here. Come talk with us. Be like, Alicia, I know you're there. <laughs> That's so fun. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for hanging out with me today. This has you're been so fun. I always have fun talking to you. I've yes. never had a dull like conversation once. with you. Uh, thanks. Thank <laughs> you. I always have fun talking to you too. You are so sweet and I'm so glad we met. I got to thank Cornell again for the intro, but yeah. Um, and you know, your brother's been on my show too, several years ago, he was on my oh, show really? because he's a, he's a motivational speaker yes, he and he yeah. was actually speaking at a conference that I was also speaking at for disabled wow. actors, act, actors oh, with wow. disabilities. Oh. And 
and he and I, you know, connected and I was like, you know, you should, you should come on my show. And he came over uh, to the condo. That's when we were living in the, the other place. And uh, he came over and was, uh, he talked about, you know, just really got all the actors pumped up and motivated uh, and ready to go. Yeah. So it's fun. It's fun. yeah. He's a cool dude. He's really good about that. And I think like, he's able to like, especially with one-on-one sessions and stuff, he's really able to get down to the bottom of what the demotivator is with people and just really help them break through, you know, and find that, you know, that, that piece in their life that they need, you know, a little encouragement on or whatever, or to help get past. And I think that that's so great. That's one of the many reasons why I love him because he's such a talented guy, you know, and, uh, and so great about that. And he just, he loves people and his friends, like he's had, the same, I, I, I also have a lot of friends since like third grade and stuff, but Cornell has like friends from, you know, I guess like shortly after birth, like when he could start speaking, you know, <laughs> like he just keeps these friends forever and ever and ever. And I think that that's a testament to his loyalty and friendships and stuff like that. So, oh, that's yeah. cool. That's so cool. He's a cool dude. Well, I want to encourage all my viewers to make sure that you share this everywhere. And don't forget, we are also a podcast now. So wherever you listen to your podcast, go find Headshots by Peggy Presents and subscribe because I'm new at the whole podcasting. So every subscription really does help. Um, make sure that you leave us tons of comments. We'll bring her back and we will talk about any subject that you guys leave us questions about. She is one <laughs> Zoom call away from me. So <laughs> I will get her back on here. Um, and, but yeah, share this with everyone that you think it would inspire. And most importantly, have an amazing week. I'll see you next week. Thank you. Yay, we did it. Thank you so much. You're welcome. That was so much fun. That was